Hello, and welcome back to Bucket List Bums. I'm Riley. And I'm Haley. So before we hop in today's episode, go follow us on Instagram at Bucket List Bums Pod, Bums with a Z, where we post reels, tips and tricks, anything like that. Rate and review on Apple Podcast and just rate on Spotify because you can't review. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different because we're not talking about a place specifically. We are talking about studying abroad and teaching English abroad. So before we get into the meat and potatoes, we're going to do our date questions. What is something that you, without a doubt, will believe to the end, even if no one else believes it? Okay, so mine that I will stand on for till the end of time is Jersey Mike's is the best sub shop in the country subway is gross firehouse is okay with hot subs like i like firehouse but like for all around all-star you know sign of approval is jersey mice all right what about you raisins were an accident i think they're the nastiest things so are craisins they're the same thing they're all gross okay they were never supposed to happen someone just forgot to pick the grapes on time and they were like oh Maybe we can sell this as something else. Anything? Is it the texture thing or the taste thing? Because it's a taste. Okay, so second question is, what is something odd that keeps happening to you? People keep telling me I look like someone they know. Quite a few times people will come up to me and call me the wrong name. Like they genuinely think I'm someone else. Oh. At one time at school, in my undergrad, I had a guy yell, Rosie! And then he ran up to me and he looked at me and he goes, oh, you're not Rosie. Then I had a lady call me Morgan because she thought I was her son's girlfriend. I will say mine, but mine's like depressing. I tend to be accidentally called Mr. a lot. <laughs> like it's made me insecure. I'm like, do I look like a boy? I mean, yeah. they correct themselves. They're like, Mr. I mean, and I'm like, what is with this? Like it's always, always in restaurants. And I'm always just wearing like leggings and like a t-shirt. So maybe oh. I do look like a man. I don't know. But like I said, they correct themselves, so that's why it doesn't make sense. We just got back from Columbia. We just got back like less than 24 hours ago. So we will talk about that in the next episodes. There's a lot of information and we are exhausted. So we needed to do a, a short little... A short a sh- little one. And we thought this is a good time because this is typically where people start to look at study abroad. So for those of you who are thinking about studying abroad, I absolutely recommend it. Without a doubt, it was probably one of the best things I've ever done. You grow a lot. You learn a lot. You're put in situations you never would be, like having to figure things out on the go with languages you don't understand. It just pushes you a lot. Would you recommend teaching English abroad? Yeah, I think teaching really like throws you into their culture in their language so like I had to take a language class when I got there just to know the basics like I can tell you right now in Thai sit down is nang long so when the kids would be rowdy I'd be like nang long (laughs) (laughs) like I think it definitely stretches you I think it gives you a lot of travel confidence because you have to be somewhere on time it's kind of like class but you know I'm sure she's going to get into some of the nuances but you're the actual teacher so class doesn't start without you yeah and so I'll get into the details a little bit later, but I I definitely would recommend the way that I did it. Like I said, it was a shorter program. And we also recommend these, like, not saying if you don't do it, you're missing out. We're saying if you feel comfortable with this idea and you want to do it and you're interested, go for it. 
Yeah, I think that kind of highlights like why I didn't study abroad. I've always been the youngest in my grade, so I just didn't feel ready when everyone else was doing it. And then I also didn't have any friends in my program, so I was a little uncomfortable at the time going alone. Because mm-hmm. I think that's something, a hurdle you have to, to get over if you don't know other people going, is, you know, getting your foot out of the door and traveling by yourself. I think delaying it and doing the English was obviously what was meant to be, because it was a great experience for me, but I definitely could say that I wasn't ready. Yeah. I knew I wanted to study abroad since high school. Because my biggest things at that time, I wanted to be a nurse. So I was looking at nursing schools and study abroad. So which one could I be a nursing student and study abroad? Which is actually how I picked the school I did was based on their study abroad program. But some things I think if you're thinking about, is it right for you, but you're not sure, some things I would recommend is, are you willing to feel uncomfortable? You're going to run into people who speak no English when you need something. Like you're going to have to really learn how to use body language to interact, how to kind of piece things together. Well, and how to evolve in tougher situations that aren't, you know, as comfortable as living in your college town. And like we said, in situations you will not face, like, in your normal lives. You know, you're not taking, like, a train to a different city. Some of us rely a lot on our parents in high school and everything, So I think it really pushes you to learn how to be logistical when you're traveling, learn how to check bag, learn the process of the airport, learn the process of, you know, layovers, learn the process of taking a train from one place to another, renting an Airbnb. Like it really throws you into like an adult, like you're on your own kind of role, even though it's all fun and games. Some other things you need to be okay with is starting over again, because if you're going with no one, I mean, it's like you've been plucked out of your life and you've been put in a completely different one. Mm -hmm. So you have to be okay with that. It's very, very hard at first because all your friends are still together, Mm -hmm. still making memories, and you are not there. And even coming back, you're going to feel like you've missed a chunk of time. Like, the world doesn't stop turning when you leave. That's a big piece of a lot of the people that I knew, especially at Clemson, why they chose not to was because they didn't want to miss out on a semester and looking back like those semesters fly so fast like you're in and out of college before you know it so you really are I think if you're not trying to waste a second of that college experience and miss out on anything then you should definitely consider whether it's something for you because like she said you are starting over you are meeting new friends and I could tell you that that's my least favorite part of college in general was having to do that whole freshman year where are you from which favorite color not that that's ever a question but You know, like that whole like starting over on who you are. And you get tired of like the small talk because you have the conversation like 16 different times for weeks. Also, I will say because you know you're together for such a short time and you all are in this situation, it almost forces you to become friends faster Mm -hmm. because you're like, I only have four months. We can't kind of chit chat around each other. If we're going to be friends, we got to do it now. Yeah, and I would say, like, with my program, like, we lived in the same house, and so we literally did everything together. It was, like, instant best friends. The first day we got there, I flew out the next morning and went somewhere with them. So I think it was because we didn't have the extended amount of time. Also, like, with my program specifically, like, we knew during the week that we had work until about 2 or 3, and then we could live in the city at night. So that whole, like, oh, I want to experience Bangkok, like, didn't really stick. Like, every weekend we were going somewhere new, where I, whereas I feel like sometimes with study abroad, people want to experience the, the city and don't really want to leave. I think another thing to think about is if you are kind of okay with it, but you may need some of that support system, like calling your friends or family, be aware of the time difference. 
because you might think, oh, it's one call, but like I studied abroad in France, so I mean, I was six hours ahead. And you might think, oh, it's only six hours, but like when it's noon your time and you have a break, it's 6 a.m. here, so no one's awake. So it's things like that where it's like you, you have to be selective with time and when you're going to talk. Yeah, because when I was in Thailand, there were a whole 12-hour difference. So I'd be waking up and everyone would be going to bed. I literally hardly spoke to anyone, including my now husband, for six full weeks. Yeah. And I remember, like, messaging you and it would either be super, super early or super, super late. Yeah. So I think that is also, like, maybe a consideration on where you want to go. Another thing that I will add that I've probably done myself and I've witnessed people doing... Especially if you go to Europe, like, everyone's going to be like, oh, I'm going to come visit you, blah, 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 I'll come here. Then. Lies. They're, yeah. They see that ticket price. They're not doing it. And it sounds good, but once you have to put your money where your mouth is, it's a completely different ballgame. Now, maybe for Riley and I, it wouldn't be, because <laughs> yeah. free place to stay, we'll pay extra for a plane ticket. Right. Let me go ahead and ask, was there any sort of requirements you had to have to teach English abroad? So, no. So, this was, like, a very... Slack program is why I picked this program because normally you would have to do the TEFL. Yeah, I've looked it up. And that's if it's like, you know, a full year or like a serious program where like you are the main teacher. So basically in my situation, they coined it as volunteering. So I basically was a volunteer English teacher. So I would be in a class with that TEFL teacher from South Africa or whatever. So it was nice because there were certain days where everyone else had gotten off their internship or their whatever and I would be like I'm not coming today because I wasn't technically the main teacher however they used me a ton basically because a lot of people that do the TEFL are not English first language so like the one when I first got there she was from Iran so she's like teaching these kids and then they're gonna have a weird accent there's some barriers there because you know that wasn't her first language so they really liked that I had a very clean, crisp accent because a lot of the people, like one of them was from South Africa and the kids just could not pay attention. You know how that accent is. like It's like a weird mixture of British and Australia. Yeah, and it's just intense. So for your program, because I don't know really anything, I mean, I did look at TEFL and there's like certain countries of certain requirements, but since you were like a volunteer, was there only certain countries you could go to or like so, can you pick anywhere? I did I um, did my trip with a company called World Endeavors. It's also paired with an internship program. So like one of the ones in Thailand was like agriculture and sustainability or whatever. They also had English. They had a lot of different options. And then, yeah, so they had programs in different countries that I could pick from, basically. Okay. I did have to pay for part of it, but it was a lot cheaper. Like I feel like it was like maybe $400 a week or something or, or less. Um, I'd have to look it up because I know the price has changed after I went. But it was really, really like low money. And I think it really mainly covered me staying with my host family. So, and they fed us as well. And for those of you who don't know what TEFL is, it's like teaching English as a foreign language. So being able to teach English to people who are non-native English speakers, and that itself, it's not just a course you can take, you have to pay for it. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's months long. After you get out of that course, then you have to commit to move places for a year or whatever. Then you get a stipend, so you have to find housing half the time. And so this was very organized. This was very much like that. I get picked up from the hotel. I got fed every night, and I had a place over my head every night. So, and they would taxi us a lot of the places as well, the family. So it was nice because, like, in Thailand, nobody's hardly anyone speaks English. 
it's a little bit more than I would say Columbia, but it was nice to have someone to be able to do logistic things as far as like order taxis and that kind of stuff. And then for study abroad, how you pick a place is, at least through my university, it was they partner with certain universities around the world. And it's almost like an exchange program where the certain allotted amount of spots at that university depends on how many students from that university are coming to yours. Because it's like they got to have beds, they got to have all sorts of things. So that can kind of limit. Because I know my school partnered with a school in Malta. And they said it's like they get six or seven applicants and they get maybe one student a semester that comes from there. So just be aware of that when you're picking. Talk to your study abroad office and ask them, what are my chances of getting in? What do I need to do to do it? Because there's GPA requirements. I had to have letters of recommendations. I had to have a bunch of things. And then the cost of study abroad also depends on the university. So I went to University of North Carolina at Greensboro. And so their cost also depends on what the cost of the university is that you want to go to. Like for the school I went to in France, we paid just tuition to our university. And then we paid room room board and anything else was over there. Oh, okay. But they had no on-campus housing, so all of it was off. They have student dorms that anyone from any university can live in. In 2017, it was like 900 euros for a studio or a one-bedroom. That's a lot. Yeah. It is. So if you get a roommate, it's cheaper. I had a roommate, and we lived like in a loft thing. So we had two doors, one to the bathroom and one to the hall. And we paid, I think, 300 euros a month. But yeah, so that's something to consider when you go, is how much things are going to cost. Before you even pick a place, you need to really look at costs. With housing, like I said, if it's on-campus housing, you either only have a few choices or you'll be allocated. They may put you with a roommate. They may put you like in a pool with people. It just depends on the university. If you do have to have off-campus housing, I recommend asking your university. And typically, they'll pair you with people or they'll give you contact information for people who went to that university. You can talk to them about it. Ask your questions to someone who was there. You can even ask about phone services. And the one thing I really, really, really recommend that I wish I had done and didn't do was ask about which parts of the city are the best to live in for students. If you want to be closer to the university, ask about that. Also ask like, what is just the safest or what is the area you do not go to? I mean, you basically rent an apartment sight unseen. You have no idea what the neighborhood is. You don't know anything about it. I couldn't even read the contract that we signed. On the first day of orientation, when we got there, they had said, you know, if you don't have housing yet, because what some people I realized do is they will go over there and live in a hostel for two weeks, and then they'll rent an apartment once they've had time to explore and kind of see what they want. And one of my guy friends did that, actually. He lived in a hostel and then, like, found someone who was just subleasing for a few months, and he moved into an apartment. But at orientation, they had said, you know, if you haven't found an apartment yet, this is the area we don't recommend you living in. So I studied abroad in Lyon, and the neighborhood you don't live in is the Guillotier. I lived right at the border of Guillotier and Saxe-Gambetta. I say it because the metro goes, Prochanaret, Saxe-Gambetta. <laughs> <laughs> but so we lived on the border of it being sketchy town. We wouldn't go left really out of our apartment because we knew as soon as we went left, that's where you're getting catcalled. That's where people are staring. So just things to be aware of and ask about things like that because we were not in the best area. And 
the girl I was living with, her parents came at the end and they had said, if we had dropped you off and seen this place, we would have never let you live here. <laughs> so just things to keep in mind, ask about, ask all the questions about housing. Other costs you need to consider is visas. They're not all the same, depending on how long you're going, the price can vary, the type of visa varies. Like I originally wanted to go to Australia and the visa and room and board alone knocked it out for me because room and board in Australia was like 3000 a month. Oh my gosh. And it didn't even include air conditioning. <laughs> you had to pay extra for air conditioning. Oh my lord. It was insane. And then the visa was like $2,000. But my visa was $50 for f- six months. So it's just things like that to take into consideration, to look at all of that. And then food, kind of how much it costs to live there. Because once you get to like Sweden, Finland, and those areas of Europe, it's just astronomical how much the flights are to and from, things like that. So France, you have to pay for the national healthcare. So there was a 250 euro fee on top of it. So just things to keep in mind because a lot of countries make you have some kind of healthcare. It just depends on which kind. And taxes. This is where it gets weird. And I learned this from my experience was housing taxes are not the same everywhere. So I rented, I didn't own anything in France, but you can still get charged housing taxes in France. Oh, that's weird. Here's a tip if you're going to France. If you move in on or before January 1st and or you're there longer than nine months, you have to pay housing taxes. Even Mm -hmm. though you don't own it, you have to pay the taxes on it. Because they sent me one, and then I talked to the embassy, and they were like, no, you shouldn't have to pay anything on it because I moved in January 2nd, and I was out in April. I think mine was like 600 pounds, or 600 euros for four months. Oh my lord. It's a pretty hefty cost. Another thing, I don't think this works for teaching English abroad because you shouldn't be teaching English to English speakers, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but is decide whether or not you want to go to an English-speaking country. Like I said, I went to France. The program I was in was called the the self program. It was like, it was basically just the English classes and there was the DUF program. The DUF was for people who were speaking French or who couldn't speak French. So they were in full French classes. I was in English classes taught by French professors. If you don't wanna do anything in study abroad, that is the way to go. You go to a country that does not speak English and then you take English speaking classes because you're not in there with the normal students They're taking professors who know you don't care, who know you don't want to be there, and who maybe don't speak all that great of English, and they're teaching you. All of my final exams were open laptop. (laughs) Like, they do not care. To add to that, like, my sister is about to leave for London, and she's going to King's College. She's actually going to have to work. Like, she's going to be in classes with the British kids. You know, the pro of that is that everyone speaks English. So you don't have to deal with that language barrier and that uncomfortability, but... Now you're actually in school. Yes. When I talked to people when I got back, they were like, oh, my classes were so hard and they were in Scotland. And I was like, really? I watched Friends for half of my open laptop exam. <laughs> like, I didn't do anything. So that's something else to keep in mind. The other thing I think, too, now that we're talking about it, is when you're in those programs that speak English, but you're in a non-English speaking country, it's easier to find those study abroad people because you're all in classes together. Whereas if you're like with the actual British kids, it might be a little bit harder 
depending on your housing situation because you don't know who's studying abroad and who's not. And I saw that happen with one of my roommates. She went to Australia and she literally came out of the experience with one friend. She hung out with one person the whole time. And it was because it was intertwined like that. And like many people don't want to make new friends. They've For already four months. They've already made their friends. So yeah. I think I think that's definitely a good point. The other thing to think about is like, do you want to be in a city or rural area? Because that's also going to make a big difference as to where you go and cost. Because I knew I wanted to be in a city. One, I'm a city girl. But two, I had never been out of the country before. So I knew I wanted to see a lot. I wanted to do a lot. I wanted easy access to transportation, a city with a fairly large airport. So things to keep in mind is kind of what are you looking to get out of it? If you want to travel a lot, look for what has easy transportation in and out of the area. All those things. So let me add a couple things about my program. So obviously mine is like for, it's like an alternative way. So it's not through your school. So the company that I found really liked how they worked. So basically this, this program, like I said, you could pick wherever they had programs. You could pick based off kind of what your interests were or major. So like I said, there's some that were agriculture, but they were out of the city. And then there were some that were, you know, that basically stated Bangkok. And I want to also mention, I don't think it was like $400. I think it was, I think it was less. I think it was like 250 or something. It was very cheap. But that didn't include the flight. So that was the only other thing. And then any other travel, obviously. But like we got breakfast, dinner, and then obviously a place to stay for that. And let me just interject real quick and say, for those of you who think $250 is a week is a lot, if you're just traveling, you can easily spend $250 without even blinking. Like, that could be just accommodation for a week. Yeah, and like I said, I, I know that Thailand is kind of coined as a cheaper place to go. So I probably could have saved money, but having that person that logistically was there was very comforting to know that, like, I could message them on WhatsApp, and if I'm in trouble, they'll come get me, and they can schedule a taxi for me to go to the airport at 4 in the morning. Like, that was, and you know, pick up from the, I didn't have to worry about that. Because I did land at 4 a.m. their time. So, oh, like, Lord. like those things were, was really nice, especially for where I was in life. But with this program, what drew me to it was that you could go for as long as you wanted. And you could pick whatever weeks you wanted to go. Now... Because you were, like, the intern, so you didn't have a set class schedule. Yeah, there's no class schedule. So, I picked the last week of July through the middle of September, right? So one thing I will mention is make sure that you ask, if you do a program like this, make sure that you ask who else is there and make them tell you. Make them tell you, like, when is everyone going to be there? Obviously, they're trying to get bodies there. So they're going to be kind of wishy-washy on, oh, yeah, there'll be people there, blah, blah, blah. Well, luckily, a lot of my program, they have, a like, a branch in Italy. So there were a lot of Italians there. And they were still in college, but their college schedule starts in September. So they were there all of August, but had they not, I would have been by myself. Like I would have been by myself, which would have been awful. I would have hated that. And actually part of what I was saying about like picking kind of an off the wall, like out of Bangkok kind of program. One of the girls, she got housed by herself on rural Thailand with hardly any way to get into the city. And she ended up switching to Bangkok because she was like, I'm really way too secluded out here. And so I would just like advise to one, ask questions, also try to make it sit where it's kind of in peak season. It's more of a summer thing, I would say, than than a, you know, semester based because you're going to get those students from like, one of them was from the UK, 
many of them were from Italy and then one was from the US and she ended up leaving to go back to school in like middle of August. So everyone kind of came and went as it worked in their schedule. So I think if you ever do a program like this, make sure that you're getting like, how many people are gonna be there? When are they leaving? Is this a good time to go kind of thing? But like I said, I was fine. But had I waited another week, I would have been there by myself. But other than that, I found it a really rewarding because you kind of get to know the kids. Like you're there five days a week or four or five days a week. And they can hardly speak a lick of English, but you can really bond with them in many different ways. And so I just really enjoyed it and felt really fulfilled by it. I think that's everything, right? So if you have any questions about Columbia, which is going to be the next episode, feel free to shoot us a DM. I know we're also going to post like a story that's like, what are your questions? Just be on the lookout for that. And that's all, folks. Yep. And it can be any question about Columbia. We also asked a lot of touristy questions specifically to inform you guys about it. So feel free to ask anything. We will see you in two weeks. Two weeks. Ciao. Bye.